This episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by Lynda.com and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and another of my favorite albums is AM by the Arctic Monkeys. So Federico, I'm cheating. Okay, so tell me what what you're doing, Mike. Why are we here again? What's happening? <laughs> this is the last episode of the favorite album season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time that we've been doing this, I've been conflicted um, in my choice. Now, I picked uh, whatever people say, and that's what I'm not by the Arctic Monkeys, and we spoke about it a number of weeks ago. And at the time, uh, I said about the struggle that I had in picking between that album and this one, AM, Uh by the Arctic Monkeys, which is their most recent album. And the reason that I went with uh, whatever is because of the nostalgia that I have for the album. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It tipped it out in front. But the whole time I've been conflicted and the reason that I wanted to do this is because I think that potentially over time uh, as the two albums grow for me, um, I may come to appreciate this album more. This is the longest longest follow-up ever. Mike. Yes, this is the long <laughs> this is long time follow-up. Yeah, th- this is an entire hour of follow-up. <laughs> so I don't think that I'm ever gonna have the same nostalgia. Mm-hmm. for this album as I did their first album. Yeah. But I do think that this album is musically a better album, I think. You know, I have to tell you the truth, Mike. Uh since we recorded the first episode and you were and you told me uh, actually, you know, AM has been growing on me and I think over time I will maybe appreciate AM more. And I and I told you, yeah, I don't like, you know, the new Arctic Monkeys, the new stuff. And you told me, no, you got to make sure that you listen to AM many, many times. So I did. And over the past few months, I find myself listening to AM at least once a week. Mm-hmm. So I've listened many, many times. And I got to say, you were right. It, it is a great album. So tell me, tell me all about it. I want to know, know from your perspective. So this album, um, when did it come out? It came out, what, 2014? Uh, 13. 2013. Like, Must have yeah. been at the end of that, right? I yeah, assume. Yeah. yeah. I think so, so. So we've had it for like two years or so. Yeah. When this album came out, um, I don't know if I was anticipating a good album as I had in previous years because we kind of spoke about, we touched on this a little bit last time, that as time has gone on, uh, mm-hmm. the Arctic Monkeys records have changed <laughs> well they've less and less lived up to the to the debut yeah right so like over time um oh actually another piece of follow-up before we move on that this is actual follow-up remember last time i was said that the uh the arctic monkeys had the fastest selling british album of all time yes that has now been beaten by adele yeah which yeah. is so annoying right because <laughs> they would have had that 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 record forever because the music industry changed but then Adele came along and sold a gajillion albums and she's yeah. now taken that crown. So yeah. she'll probably be the last person to do it, I reckon. Yeah. I can't imagine it happening again. She's pretty awesome because, you know, Adele, I, I'm a big fan. So yeah, I'm actually considering getting monkeys. getting tickets next year to see Adele. We'll, we'll see. You probably take out a bank loan to get those. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're already sold out. I'm, I think she's playing in Verona in Italy. I don't right. know. I got to check. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, going back to what I was saying... Um, their over time their albums were were good they were still good but they they didn't do anything that even came close to their debut and so as time went on i expected less from the albums mm-hmm. um but am arrived and kind of blew the doors off of everything like this album is just it brings back everything that is great about them as a band um, just all of the good things that that they have, all of the things that made them great in their debut album, but coupled with their experience and new confidence, like it takes them musically to places that they've not been before. 
And, and that's one of the reasons that I love this album so much is because they are clearly a very polished and experienced band at mm-hmm. this point. And mm-hmm. that and when they really kind of lock it back into what makes them so fantastic, coupled with everything that they now know and everything that they do, it's created an incredibly special record, in my opinion. I agree. And I have to say, I I, I had stopped listening to, to the Arctic Monkeys altogether at one point. You know, I think it was uh, what's uh, after the third album, maybe. I I didn't pay attention to Suck It and See at all. I think that's their worst album. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to AM either uh, when it came out because I was so, uh, in a way, saddened, you know, by the but what the Arctic Monkeys had be- had become that it just didn't want to be let down again. Yeah. So you were the person responsible for <laughs> a few months ago for convincing me to 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 give AM another try and. So I I missed all the maybe the the launch period of AM two years ago because I wasn't paying attention, and to me the Arctic Monkeys were done. And when I rediscovered this album, I was so surprised. It's such a it, it's such a mature record yep. for me. I think, and it's got so many layers. Uh, and the, the the layered part is not new to Arctic Monkeys records. It's just in it. It's in a different light, in a different way. And every time I feel like it's one of those albums. Every time I listen, I discover a new thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily about the music, but you know, also about the, the the lyrics and what they mean and how they play together. Um, so, did you did you listen right away when it came out? So, were you into AM since the beginning, or did you rediscover the album? I was always going to check it out immediately, okay. right? Because they are still one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band, right? They're like right up there um, in like the top two, I guess. And, you know, I always have checked out their albums immediately because even though the albums are not as good, um, there are still songs on each of the albums that are amazing, you know, that, that show them at their best. On every single album, there is a good handful of songs that are just fantastic but there was always songs on these on the subsequent albums that that you know kind of let the rest of the album down because they didn't live up um i remember i listened to am for the first time streaming on itunes so you know when like before an album comes out they put the whole thing up for mm-hmm. streaming mm-hmm. yeah and i think i listened to it three times in a row hmm. like i just put it on and i was like Oh, what is this? Like, That's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're the first three songs on this album are just that you, you couldn't have. The arrangement is so perfect; you couldn't have done it any better because it's like here we are, and we're just gonna destroy you. Actually, the first four, right? Do I want to know? Are you mine? One for the road and Arabella. It's like like one two punches over and over again and yeah. the whole album doesn't let up but like the 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 starting songs and the way that do i want to know go straight into are you mine like the way that they mix in together right one song ends the other one starts and it's like okay you're calming down after do i want to know and mm-hmm. then bang the opening riff to are you mine which is just mm-hmm. incredible and yeah. i'd heard are you mine right i'd heard that before oh. they released it on an ep i think oh. um and I listened to it a few times, but I didn't want to listen to it too much. I, have I told you this? I may have told this story on the series no, already. No, no. That what I do, if I if I have a band that I really like and they release a single, I will listen to that single maybe once or twice because if I know a single really well and it's on the album, I will just want to get, like my whole time I'm thinking, oh, I just want to get to that song that I really like. You know, like it's track four, but I'm not really paying as much attention to the other tracks because there's that one that I really like that I know really well. And if I know one or two songs really well on an album, it balance it like it misbalances it when I'm listening to it. So I, if I love a band and I love a new single and I'm waiting for their album, I would just try it enough that I hear it, but don't learn it, like mm-hmm. so I don't know it. And then I leave it until the album comes out, so I can appreciate it in the context yeah, of everything. That makes sense, I guess. So you were you were familiar with Are You Mine? Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, did you before AM? What was your last time that you had seen the Arctic Monkeys live? 
probably at Reading Festival after... It may have been after Suck It and See. Yeah, it was after Suck It and See came out. Okay. Um, so I, th- if I remember correctly, yeah, so it was in two, probably 2012, 2011, 2012. I mean, so I'd seen them. That was my second time that I'd seen them at that point. Mm-hmm. So I saw them after Favorite Worst Nightmare in about 2007 and then after Suck It and See in 2011, 2012. Okay. That was when I'd last seen the band. Okay, so you you were... I mean, of course, you were pretty familiar with the transformation that had been going on. You know, the, the original Arctic Monkeys mm-hmm. and the new Arctic Monkeys are really different. Not just a different band, but just really different people. We spoke about this last time, right? Like, yeah. Alex Turner's kind of Elvis-looking yes. Yes. way. Uh, and so he, you know, he kind of changed a little bit about how he is... Um, and how he acts live and how mm-hmm. he looks and it's his confidence on show and a lot of people don't like it but but I I yeah. really like it. Yeah, sometimes I feel it's a little too much, you know, because I told you I was I I like the original attitude and the original you know garage band in a way, uh, you know these crappy guys coming up from nothing basically and they just doing this crazy rock and roll. And now, you know, this Selvis-like figure and all that confidence, it's kind of hum. You know, I'm like, I'm, I was watching videos on YouTube. I'm like, sometimes it's a little too much. But the music has grown so much on me. I feel like I, I can now accept the new, the new look and the new Good. style. Yeah. It fits. I mean, what I'm going to do yes. for the show notes, I'm going to put two pictures in the show notes. I'm going to try and find them. One will be a photo of their stage dressing in 2008, like how the stage yeah. looked. The yeah. four of them on the stage, this is when I saw them at Alexandra Palace, and then just maybe four or five big spotlights behind them, that was the stage dressing. And then I'll find a picture of when I saw them in 2013 or 2014 after AM came out at, uh, I think it was at Earl's Court, and they have this huge AM in big lights behind them. And during that show, they used pyrotechnics and confetti. They are wow. a very different band. They are a mature band. They are a big stadium band now. And their aesthetic and the way they dress the stage and the way they act on the stage matches that. And I like it because I think that it encapsulates the band. If they had this album and their old style, it wouldn't work because this album is just dripping with confidence and attitude. And they, ha- in my opinion, they have to display that when they're singing to make the songs connect. And they do that on stage now. And I've seen them twice perform this album now. I saw them at a show at a place called Victoria Park, an outdoor kind of day festival. Um, that It was their gig, but you know they had like three or four bands on. Um, I saw them there, play it there, and then I saw them as this. That was the second time that I'd seen the album. And the first time was just after it came out um, at Earl's Court. And this album live is just immense. It's so good. It's just so good. Um, and, you know, as I talk about some of the songs in a bit, I'll mention that again and kind of talk about what makes them so good live. But it is, you know, I, I think that this is a transformation of the band that I really appreciate. I really, really do. I just want to take a quick break to thank lynda.com for supporting this week's episode. They are the online learning platform that has over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash inquisitive. lynda.com is for people that want to solve problems, for people that are curious, or for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you're looking to learn Excel. You want to learn how to code in Xcode. Maybe you want to learn how to effectively use IFTTT. No matter what it is, lynda.com can feed your curious mind and they do this by giving you access to thousands of videos on your ios device your android device or on your mac in a web browser and all of these videos are taught by absolute experts you'll be able to watch and learn from people who are super passionate about teaching who break everything down into bite-sized pieces to allow you to watch them from start to finish or in any order that you like and you can create and save playlists of any of your favorite courses so you can customize your own learning path as well share these with friends colleagues team members and let you learn in your own way on your own 
terms. YourLender.com membership will give you unlimited access to all of this training on hundreds of topics for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you're just looking to learn something new, go and visit lynda.com inquisitive and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much, Lynda.com, for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So after you, you streamed the album from iTunes... Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you how did you get this album? Did you buy the physical copy or did you just stream the album? No, I was all in on streaming services then. So mm-hmm. probably it was Spotify um, or Beats. I think I'm probably using Beats Music then. So I was listening to it on Beats and then I listened to it on uh, on Apple Music. It's still in the back of my list, uh, back of my mind at some point to get this on uh, vinyl. I don't think I own this one on vinyl yet. I can't remember because I do own all of the Arctic Monkeys albums, so I can't remember if I bought this one. I have listened to it on vinyl, um, and you know, I, I like that. I know that a lot of people don't, but I really do. Um, and I will get this one if I don't already have it. I can't even remember because it's. I like to keep the albums that I really love, um, yeah. and this one on on vinyl will be a nice little keepsake. But yeah, I don't own it yet. But if I, well, they said I don't think I do, but I will. Mm-hmm. All right, so Mike. Uh- Take me through the songs. Teach me how to love this album. <laughs> I've picked out a selection of my favorites. Okay. Um, because I don't, I don't want to just sit here and just yeah. wax lyrical about every song. Because some are better than others, some I love more than others. But every song on this album is fantastic. So we start off with Do I Want to Know? Yeah. And as an beginning to an album i don't know if you can beat the drum beat and the riff the guitar riff it's pretty good yeah i agree it like totally sets the stage like you hear that and you're like okay i'm in for a ride here yeah right like it is like hot and heavy, right? A lot of the music that they make now, this is going to get awkward, Federico, you're going to have to deal with this. A lot uh-huh. of the music that the Arctic Monkeys makes is quite sexy music. Yeah, that's true. Right? The the kind of the way that they play the guitars and the drums and stuff, like they tend to be, like a lot of their best songs are relatively slow rock songs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're played in such a way that makes them sexy sounding this is such such an it, awkward it, thing to say no no no. it's not awkward it makes me think of sweating <laughs> for <Exactly>. some reason <laughs> yes you have nailed it 100 it's like sweating yeah it's like anyway but we'll carry on from there <laughs> uh and and i think that this this opener really shows a different change in them like it really shows a different change right like they are here they're making a massive statement and of course it is mega live I've that this is how they have opened both of the shows that I've seen, and you know it starts the one of the shows that I saw just Matt Held as the drummer comes out, and he starts playing and the bass is being played off stage, and it goes on for a longer right, and then oh, they come wow. out and, and start, um like you know so Alex Turner will come out and everybody else will come out and it and that's when the song starts and it is just excellent, absolutely excellent as a way to begin, and. What I really love about this song is like part of their like absolute musical genius. The opening line of the chorus, it goes crawling back to you. And the way mm-hmm. he sings it, it sounds like he's crawling. Like it, it sings, the way he sings it, he sings it quite slowly. Crawling back to feel like the music swell as he gets to the end of the line and carries on the sentence so it yeah. really feels like you're kind of like pulling through something it, yeah. this is just part of like the absolute fantastic music that this band can create and they do it all themselves right this is them um there's actually an example on this album which we'll get to later of where turner didn't write the lyrics which is extremely rare but it shows they're just for me like this is a complete example of their maturity as recording artists it's the way that they can make you feel something which is not what they're singing but you can feel the like the slowness of the line it's just i love it you can almost feel the movement in a way you nailed it yeah it's the movement totally that is exactly it 
And then, you know, they go into Are You Mine, which is a really fantastic old school yeah. Arctic Monkey song. I love Are You Mine, yeah. <laughs> it's really wordy. I'm up a bit on the stream, Tracy Island, time traveling, diamond, could a sheep heart aches? They'll come to find you, for in some velvet morning, he is too late. She's a silver lining, lone ranger riding through an open space. That used to be, and still kind of is to a point, their kind of calling card, is right, a ton of words. Mm-hmm. that all meld into each other. Like yep. when I was going through some of these, I was reading the lyrics with them and there were lyrics that I didn't even know existed. Right? Like I thought <laughs> there too. was something completely different. And, you know, it's there's just the absolute poetry that he writes. Yep. Um, and I love how in this song, all of the lyrics blend into each other. Yes. Like he sounds absolutely. like he's singing one continuous exactly. line. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a There's a bit in the... I guess in the still in the first half when he says, I guess what I'm trying to say is I need the deep end keep imagining me to that that's such If you like, see my notes, I have picked out that exact verse. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is I need the deep end keep imagining me to wish to Amazing. Like, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the lyrics so you can see how the verse is structured. But yep. when you read it, you're like, I had no idea that he was vi- mentally taking any break here. It's just one incredibly long, like, beautiful line. Like, yep. and it, But it's a verse. And this is just what he is so amazing at being able to accomplish. There's a, a musicality to the way that he, yep. that he blends words together. Mm-hmm. And, and it... It's not necessarily about the words, but the and not necessarily about the music. It's to, together the combination of the sound of the words. I don't know if it makes yeah. any sense, but a hundred percent. It's that second line. It's like keep imagining, meeting, yes, that way. Like it's oh, it's just so yeah. good, so good. Yeah, I just the best. Like I, this is why I love this band so much. Is that they just do things with the words and they do things with the sounds that are unlike anybody else and it is what makes them so special to me that they have this way of crafting these songs that is unlike anybody else so do you think are you mine is about a person or about a substance or about something else i don't know yeah because i've thought about it because uh the 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 obvious explanation it's it's about a girl you know, yep. it's about a woman. And but I never think it's that obvious. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'm second guessing my assumption here. Uh, I I really like the the contrast, I guess, between uh, "Are you mine? Are you mine?" Just tonight, you know, uh, at the end, especially. Um, but I don't know what what it is about, and and I guess to 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 Turner's credit. Uh, he he is he's able to put together these these stories, these paintings, maybe even um, that you can find your own meaning in 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 the songs. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it it is obvious he's talking about other people or specific situations, but I feel that uh, as compared to to the first album, um, maybe is this is this one is a little less. Uh, of a of an impression of society, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a critic, you know, criticizing people in in you know in the indie rock scene, or you know stories from from his life in 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 the UK. I feel this one is more maybe introspective. I don't know, but there's it's more open to interpretation. I guess is what I, what I'm you know picturing here. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same for you. Yeah, it is totally. And what I also love um, is the opening line as well. Uh, it's, I'm a puppet on a string, Tracy Island. Like, that is referring to a TV show called Thunderbirds, which yeah. was marionette puppets. Oh, yeah, so, that's And they, true. they operated from Tracy Island. Uh, you know, this is what I also love is they are they are now creating music for a worldwide audience. Like, AM was, was very popular in America. Yeah. But they don't care about making references to things that only people from a certain part of the world exactly get. exactly 
and and I love that. I mean, I appreciate that that they haven't lost that about them, um, yeah. and that they still kind of stick to that idea. And then kind of jumping uh, jumping across one track. So One for the Road is a great song. I was listening to this album before and I was singing along to it, but it's not one of my favorites because it kind of has to be overlooked for Arabella. Well, I mean, Arabella. Oh, <laughs> Arabella is probably my, my highlight of the album. And it's so, uh, it's so heavy and sexy. Just let me say it. Mike. It is. It, it is. You know, and again, like if you want an example of the musicality and the words, the way he says Arabella. It's just, this is just another superb, superb song. Uh, It's completely booming and. It's another song that, of course, is amazing live. And I love this one line. Uh, it wraps her lips around the Mexican Coke, makes you wish that you were the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love, right? Because a Mexican Coke, you know, have you ever had a Mexican Coke? Yeah. No, never, but I know what it is. They are, it's the best type of Coca-Cola, right? Because they use real cane sugar. It tastes amazing. Yeah. But, you know, you're, the, 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 imag- the imagination of like, he's watching this girl, she's drinking her Coke. And he's like, I wish I was that bottle, right? <laughs> it's just a great little line. And then it goes into another line, takes a sip of your soul, and it sounds like. And this is incredible. So it's like, if you imagine this, right? She is taking a drink. He, you imagine that you are that drink. And if you were, like if you were kissing her, how it would make you feel. And mm-hmm. then is this insane guitar solo. When I hear it, I imagine like, uh, have you ever seen the opening credits to Doctor Who? Uh, no, I never watched It's Doctor like Who. this portal that you're flying through and it's all like incredible colors around. Oh yeah, I, I was about to say, I'm imagining a psychedelic spiral. Perfect, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is that, is that every time I hear that guitar solo, that's the image that's in my brain. Where it's like yeah. some, it's like this incredible light and color and you're just flying through it at a million miles mm-hmm. an hour and there's nothing you can do to control it and you just got to accept it and you know that is an intense feeling and that's i guess what they're going for with the guitar solo and it's yeah yeah i've never experienced uh never experienced it myself but i guess what it's like making love on acid (laughs) exactly i don't think i i don't know this is taking a turn i was not expecting (laughs) well mike you want to talk about arctic monkeys and sexy (laughs) songs and this is what happens (laughs) (laughs) all right number one party anthem when i saw the track listing I was very apprehensive of this song. Why? Because it's called Number One Party Anthem. <laughs> Just for the title. I was like, what have they made? Right? Like, I'm wondering if they were, like, attempting to mock, like, dance music by creating something like that and then just called it Number One Party Anthem. Right? Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what they did. And, and what they actually did is just incredible. Like, it is a incredibly haunting and beautiful song about a night out. And it is an incredible callback to their work from their first album, which was basically all about nights out. Yeah. And they didn't, they don't make as much music about that stuff anymore. But this now sounds like an older, like a little bit more jaded view of being out, you know, and drinking. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like a ballad dedicated to nights out. Like it is just beautiful poetry it really is just fantastic. And they tend to um, end their shows on this song now. And when I saw them at Earl's Court, this was when they had the confetti cannons going. Hmm. Wow. And it's, you know, it's the chorus, like, come on, come on, come on. Like it's, yeah. And it is a really great kind of song to end it on because everyone sings it. It is yeah. a number one anthem, 
right? Which yeah, is amazing, it, right? Like it is at their shows now. It is their number one party. <laughs> Everyone, because yeah. the chorus is just like, it's just the same line repeated basically over and over and over again. Then it changed to another one that you repeat over and over and over again. Like it's the perfect song for a big crowd. I guess it's it's like it's about you know going out and it's about you know drinking and and talking and in a way being drunk also, but it's more of a cynical look at the mm-hmm. at that kind of behavior maybe. Yep. Um, and 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 it's a testament to to the to the monkeys growing up, you know. Yeah. Uh, kind of being more successful. It's being... like I hear this song and I'm like, I'm imagining that they go out now or go back to some nightclubs that they used to go to. Yes. And they just look at it extremely different now. Yeah. To the way that they used to. It's not exciting anymore. It's yeah. now kind of just sad a little bit. Yeah. Which is, you know, that it's kind of the perfect way. Especially, see, this is another one, like how they, they, um, they really speak to me as a band. And it's kind of because we've, grown up at the same ages together mm-hmm. over the years and this is kind of how i feel now if i ever go back to places like that i look at it very differently and i can still enjoy myself and i still do but i kind of laugh at the people that were doing the things that i was doing you know it, it just doesn't feel the same anymore yeah you're <laughs> you're looking at the kids today and you're like how could you do that why why would you do that you know and but it turns out that you did the same things you've only just grown up yep and uh, and this is why i just love the fact that you picked the first album and the and the last album at the end the end of this season because you know it, it kind of reflects and i feel like me and you were were in in very similar in this way uh that we have done many of these things um and it's just we're at a different time of our life at yep. this point. And so we can look back at uh, both of the albums uh, in, in the same way, maybe. So it's, I, I, I can relate to what your, kind of your perspective, which is great. And I, and I think this is why I'm appreciating this album. Uh, it's because you, you, you've kind of taught me how to like it, you know, kind of to, to come into this album to expect expect a different thing to 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 know that it was a a more mature a more jaded you know uh version of the arctic monkeys uh i just you know i just love it <laughs> so p- please continue mike i have two more songs that i want to that i want to uh, okay on. one of them is snap out of it oh um, yes thank you yeah what a great sound it has a real yep. soulful sound Mm -hmm. to it with incredible backing vocals that kind of match the way that they're playing their instruments right it's got this soulful sound in the guitar and the drums but then also the backing vocals like the falsetto backing vocals really match with it and the harmonies that everybody is doing it's it's excellent and the story of the song is fantastic too what's been happening Turner, the character that Turner is in this song, is trying to stop somebody from settling for somebody. Like he thinks that this person can do better, and probably saying that they should be with him. Uh, and he's kind of worried that he's missed the chance now to get this person because he left it too long, and they've now they're looking like they're going to settle with someone else. And he's now worried that he's lost this person. And yeah. it is a great, just the again, it, that is a very grown up thing to sing about. Um, like a, a lost love because everybody's starting to settle down uh, and it's portrayed in such a fantastic way because it's got an excellent excellent sound yeah and the, and the image you know i want to grab out your shoulders and shake baby it's yeah. like you can picture doing that to a friend or doing that to another person and but then the, there's a contrast with that maybe even an act of 
you know, I wouldn't say violence, but maybe, you know, like a, like a, um, an aggressive friendship, maybe, in a way, to yeah. kind of snap out of it, you know? And, but the music is so upbeat. And there's this contrast between singing about this theme and the, the I want to say it's a fun song, maybe. Yep, it is a fun song. It's a fun song with a kind of a sad story behind, which is fascinating. I mean, obviously the theme of this episode is talking about the way that Alex Turner sings. Again, if you want an example of it, the opening line, right? The way he's that he just goes up, down, up, down, right? In the yeah. way that he's singing. Um, it's just, you know, it's just superb. Like, his presentation is incredible. Yeah, and it's amazing when he says, I heard that you fell in love or near enough. Yeah. You know? I, I, because you can you can see all, you know, when, when you grow up and you start seeing all these people settling down and and being being okay with almost love, you know? Uh, it's so common, and but to to hear that with this kind of song, that's unusual. And that's I would say that together with Arabella, "Snap Out of It" is probably my favorite uh, from the yeah, album. I can see that it really is just it's because it sounds so different, but it sounds so great at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before I talk about my last favorite track from this album, let me just thank Squarespace for sponsoring this week's episode. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code inquisitive at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. They have state-of-the-art technology to power your site and to ensure security and stability at all times. And they have intuitive and easy-to-use tools to make your website look and feel exactly how you want this all starts with their stunning templates that all feature responsive design to make your website look great on all sizes of device you can also use their cover page functionality to build great looking single page websites as well as using their fantastic templates to create whatever site you want and this could be maybe for your business maybe you want to sell something and use Squarespace's fantastic commerce functionality that allows you to add a store to your site no matter what you want to do Squarespace can help you they even have a dev platform so you can make your own little tweaks if you do know how to do all the code and stuff but if you don't you can get started with squarespace and i trust that you're going to be very very happy if you have any questions or comments you can get in touch with their 24 7 support with live chat and email they have teams located in new york dublin and portland who are there to help you you can sign up today with no credit card required and start building your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called and their plans start at just $8 a month. And when you do decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code INQUISITIVE at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. The final track on the album is called I Wanna Be Yours. Now, this is the song that is not written by Alex Turner. It's adapted from a poem yeah. uh, written by a guy called John Cooper Clark, who is a punk poet and a friend of Alex Turner. Yeah. And when I first heard it, I thought it was weird. Like, yes. the lyrics are so strange. So, like, it starts off with, I want to be your the- vacuum cleaner breathing <laughs> in your dust. Yeah, I mean, that's so weird. <laughs> and it goes on from there and it's lots of like it's lots of similes and, and things like that right it's it's he's just constantly saying like oh i will i want to be everything in your life because i can do anything for you like that's when it started to like gel into me and i understood i was able to look past the 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 ludicrousness of the lyrics Mm -hmm. and see that like you know what the song is about is this person wants to be with this other person so badly that they are basically pledging their entire life to them like i can be anything that you need me to be if you'll just give me a chance 
yeah, and I guess you could see you could see uh, you know this kind of deeper meaning uh, of a person saying I, I I can be you know I can be an object as long as I'm always with you I, yep. because I can be anything with you. So in a way, it's a person saying I can renounce to my nature as a person to be an extension of you. Uh, almost like an object is something that you use and that you, uh, you know, you have many objects that you keep around and that you use and I want to be part of that. So uh, in a way, it's ridiculous, you know, I want to be your vacuum cleaner. Uh, but from a sense of, you know, love as a, as a sacrifice maybe to another person and to complete devotion, maybe that's the word, devotion to another person. And yep. uh, it it's a sad song, I would say, Mike. It's not a happy oh, yeah. song. Yeah, because the person hasn't got what they want. No. Yeah, that's that's what makes it so sad. This person is is like begging and pleading, but it's a struggle. Not got what they want it is a struggle. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't you didn't pick. Um, what do you only call me when you're high? I was gonna talk about it, but I ended up thinking, oh, I could cut that one for time. Um, I really like that song a lot. And the chorus of the song really reminds me of the view from the afternoon from their first album, because again, it's about like calling someone or contacting someone when intoxicated, and it's interesting like to hear the difference in it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because there's nothing about like text messages and Nokia phones and that sort of stuff in this song. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. Right? It's just you know they're talking about things in more. Uh, in more broad terms like just multiple missed calls and messages and i do really like this song but it became this this song suffered a little bit from the sex on fire phenomenon at least in the uk in that this song became really popular amongst people that didn't care about the arctic monkeys Mm. which kind of changed some of the perceptions that people have on the band so you ended up with people going to their concerts and gigs that didn't really care and were there because they knew that one song really well and i know that that is like a super hipster thing to say yes but it, it is. does affect it affects things around the band when you go to see them because you have people that are going to see them not for the music but just to hear that one song that they know really well and they don't they don't have the appreciation that some other people do. And that does change things. Like people love their bands and they love them when they see them amongst people that love them too, rather than people that are there just to sightsee for the day. And they have become mainstream. Yep. <laughs> Maybe too mainstream. I mean, they, like. they were definitely mainstream by this point. Yeah. But that song got really popular. I think it only got to number two in the UK. The Arctic Monkeys have had very few um, number ones in the UK. Hmm. I'm gonna really? Check. Yeah, I'm going to check their uh, their Wikipedia now. Because the albums have always been the sellers, so the singles never really got up there. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the type of song that could be, you know, like uh, like Sex on Fire uh, from Kings of Leon. Uh, yeah, it just it was it was attractive to many people. Um, you know, especially when you start hearing that song on you know like on on TV, you know, as a as a with commercials that's what happened at least in italy with sex on fire it was everywhere now i don't know if um you know uh, this one would be used on television uh but i can see how it can start to spread and you know maybe become a little too much yeah this did get to well it got to number eight in the uh, official single chart um but it, it was high and it was around for quite a while you know so tell me, tell me, Mike. Um, it's been two years since AM. Uh, what would you say? How does this album make you feel? This is the album that I enjoy listening to the most that they've made. Hmm. Um, and so this is this is why, like, I'm so conflicted about it, and and wanted to do this so it was on record. But I still need to know how I feel about this in five years' time, because. I put this album on most likely if I want to listen to an Arctic Monkeys album. And every time I play it, I enjoy it immensely. And whilst I do with their other stuff and I do with their first album, I love it. I don't have the same feeling. Like this is the album that seems to maybe 
speak to me the most, but maybe it's because, again, I'm just relating to where I am in my life right now with what they're singing about, which was the same the first time around. So that's what makes this such a difficult choice for me. So I want, you know, I'm hoping that it will, in more time, will continue the way that it is right now. But as we currently stand today, this is the one that I enjoy the most, I think. So you would say that the first one... uh for nostalgia maybe or for the memories yeah uh, i'm just uh, i i want to understand how you feel about the first one and the last one uh because maybe they're they're both your favorite f- for different reasons or maybe they're both your favorite but for different versions of you so like the first album it has so much nostalgia like it was where it was the first album that came to me when i was really kind of finding out who i was as a person as i was growing up finding my own music um and just finding like kind of the things that i was about and that's when i found that's that album and it spoke to me but now when i listen to this album it's like for the person in me that loves music and loves lyrics like this is the one for that right it speaks to my more general music tastes and the things that i love about music that's what this album has. And whilst the first one is also, you know, it's another incredible feat, it's not as good musically as this one. Um, for both technically, lyrically, like there's so much more going on in AM, which is of a higher caliber than, than whatever people think I am, that's what, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Which you'd expect from a band that becomes more experienced. So that's why, like, as I've grown up, you know, I, I've solidified what my tastes are, and this album meets that more. So that's why this is such a struggle for me, because what I can't ever let go of is the way that their first album makes me feel, like the time in my life that it takes me back to. And I don't think that in five years' time, AM will take me back to this time in my life, because it doesn't speak to me in the same way. Like, there are songs on their first album that may as well have been written about me. Like, that's how I feel when I hear them. And it's like, I have experienced the exact things that he's singing about. But I don't feel that about this album. There aren't things in here that it's like, yes, that is me. Like, there's one, you know, the one song, number one party anthem is the only one that I can kind of relate to. Uh-huh. Everything else is a little bit more abstract. They're singing about kind of more abstract things. And it feels like less from the heart in some instances. They're just like good songs that have been adapted from things that have happened in their lives rather than like we are singing about stuff that is actually actually happening to us and also you know because they are songs that have been created to be the best musically that they can be because they think about that more i assume now and that's why i struggle with this because i don't think i'm gonna have the nostalgia for it but what i will probably still have for it in five years time is a continued if not more appreciation of the musical achievement yeah i i think i understand i um the first album is maybe more of a reflection of you know, life. It's it's a it's the tale of a common person and all the situations that you find yourself in in you know in the in the mid two thousands in in London and you know in the around London I guess um, as a as a you know as a young adult growing up and you know going out the first romantic stories that kind of stuff. Now it is more of a it is more of a musical achievement. And it's still a, a lyrical achievement, but it, it, the examples of real life, it's more detached maybe from reality because now these are rock stars singing about abstract themes and ideas. You can relate to some of those. You can find meaning in some of those, but it's more difficult because, you know, the, uh, the, the first Arctic Monkeys were... Guys from the neighborhood singing about stories that you can understand because you can say, "Yep, yeah, I've been there. I've done that." Now you're there's more of a like the relationship between the monkeys and and the fans. It's more of a uh, reverential, maybe. They are singing about these, you know, crazy romantic stories or bigger topics and ideas and you know poetry. It's more of a, they're more mature and expert when it comes to the music, but the themes are bigger and more, mm-hmm. you know, detached from the, the common folks. That's maybe what I would say. Uh, they're both great albums, but I want to ask you, Mike, 
would you if you this is such a stupid question you're going on a desert island what album do you take with you i think i'll take ham oh yeah yeah so you're still preferring the the more philosophical take on life i just i just think that over time like i will just continue to appreciate this album more um musically like i think that it will just grow on me better like if this was the only mm. if i only had one album to listen to forever then that this one would probably be the one that drives me crazy over like later right like you know, it's going to drive you mad right listening to the only one album forever and i think i could probably take this one for a longer period of time so whatever is a fun cocktail am is a fine wine look at that could, I couldn't have put it better myself. Okay. Does sound good to you? Okay, yeah, perfect. Like <laughs> On that note, Federico, like I don't think I could put it any better than that. So I think you've, you've wrapped it. You've done it. Congratulations. <laughs> you've encapsulated exactly what I was looking to try and say. It was my, my pleasure to talk about the monkeys with you, Mike. So thank you for, for doing this again, because uh, I've been able to to put my mind at rest now that I've been able to talk about both albums. And this actually, you know, I mentioned this, this brings us to the end now of the music series. Um, I've really enjoyed doing the favorite album stuff. It went on for a lot longer than I expected. My original idea was to maybe do five or six of them and then move on to a different topic. But I just started to love talking to people about their favorite songs so much that I couldn't help it, right? I just wanted to keep doing it over and over again. So I appreciate everybody that's taken part in this series. And I appreciate all of you for listening, too. It means a lot. And lots of people seem to really enjoy this. And I love putting an episode out every couple of weeks just to see people's reactions. There's always people that love it. There's always people that find the album for the first time. And that's awesome. And um, there is a... a Unfortunately, this season coming to an end is actually going to bring Inquisitive to an end too. Um, I have been recording a show that comes out on Wednesdays for like six years, and it's my show basically. You know, like um, it was the Bro Show, which was a collaborative effort, which then ended up becoming my solo effort. Then Command Space was completely me doing interviews every week. Then Inquisitive, you know, I did more interviews. I did Behind the App, and now Favorite Album. Like this has been my, this has been my show um, that has had my stamp on it, and has been just about the things that I've wanted to do. But looking forward now, um, there isn't any burning thing that I feel like I have to do with this show. And my concern is, if I continue taking it forward, it's just not going to be as fun or as interesting anymore because I don't have a thing that I really want this show to become next. So this episode will mark the end um, of Inquisitive, for now at least. Um, the show is going to be going on an indefinite hiatus um, and once I, or if I have another thing that I really want to do with the Inquisitive name, then it will rise like a phoenix from the ashes um, but right now, this is the end. So I want to thank everyone who's tuned into this show over its many incarnations. Um, it means an awful lot to me. And again, Federico, thank you for being a part of this no. episode. Thank you, Mike. I'm such an honor to, to end this one with you. Thank you. No problem. And thank you again. Thank you all for listening. Um, and I hope that you'll hear me on another show. <laughs>